0: Players gather to cast powerful spells, some of the oldest and most powerful in the history of Magic the Gathering. Brainstorm, Intune,
1: Cephalid Illusionist, and many others, battling head to head in brutal combat, they all have one thing in common to uphold their legacy and the search for eternal glory.
0: The Eternal Glory Podcast is brought to you by the minds behind Bosch and Roll on YouTube, Thurabian University, and TheEpicStorm.com. This episode is sponsored by Eminence Gaming.
2: Hello and welcome to episode 93 of the Eternal Glory Podcast, Uninitiated, the post-ban world. We've already recorded 30 minutes of introductions and banter for the week, available in our supporter-exclusive pre-show. Check out patreon.com slash eternalglory to gain access, or join as a YouTube member for the same content on YouTube instead. As always, I am Phil Gallagher, a.k.a. Thraben U, joined by... I am Brian Koval, a.k.a. Bosch and Roll.
0: And Bryant Cook of the Epic Storm.
1: Before we get started, shout out to our new... Paid subscribers who will enjoy the the pre-show this time around. Mega Nerd sixty four, Den just Den D E N great name. Xander for all. I don't normally say last names, but there's an Alexander Koval, but it's with a K. So shout out to my long lost cousin Alexander Koval. Uh, Joshua, Aaron, and Cloudy got a bunch this week. Thanks for subscribing.
2: I recognize a bunch of those names between meeting them in uh, Charlotte and Philly. So hello, folks, we notice you it like it means a lot. Thank you. All right. So as you've undoubtedly heard, we finally got some legacy shakeups. White Plume Adventurer and Expressive Iteration got the axe. I think I can speak for all of us here in just giving this like a two thumbs up. We're very happy to see this. I believe our podcast had recommended that exact change a few months back.
1: Yes, we've all been on Team Expressive Iteration Needs to Go for many months. And then our our, ch- our only real ban episode we had since White Bloom Adventure and the initiative joined the format was kind of like the initiative swine. It just probably shouldn't happen on turn one that often. And seems like Watsy agreed exactly with the things we said and for the reasons we said them. Reading that article was just like a transcript for one of our episodes, and it was great. Not to take you know, credit, whatever. They probably didn't even listen to us, and it was very clear what the problems were and why. So it's cool to just be on the, the nose of it and get what we want for once.
0: Not to have any revisionist history, but in the Hot Takes episode, I did play up the heel a little bit, and I said that I thought Legacy was fine. I still think that it was mostly fine. Don't get me wrong. I am very glad to see these changes. I am pumped, excited to play Legacy. Monday morning I was actually having a conversation with some friends and they were like do you think anything should be banned and I was like well I think that Delver and the initiative keep each other in check and then because of that we've seen decks like Cephalid Breakfast come to power because it has a good matchup against the initiative stuff like that but ultimately I didn't think Legacy was fun and I even said that the Epic Storm is good the format's just not fun and then the abandon announcements happened and I'm excited to play the format again, which is I think what you want out of a band announcement, right? You want the player base to feel revitalized. You want players coming back. And I believe that this change is going to make that happen.
1: Yeah, exactly. And speaking of revisionist history, uh, this, this is from our group chat that we have to keep the pod running the, the rise of the eternal glory podcast chat. This was Sunday evening. We were trying to figure out a topic for this week, and I'll read verbatim. Any questions? I've noticed lately nobody is complaining about a broken best deck anymore. Am I just not hearing the chatter? Are no big events out there to ruin? Is Legacy good now? Did we roll over on having a healthy format? And Phil replied, I think it's an unhealthy spot, but completely balanced competitive format. And then 12 hours later, they banned the two cards. So uh, we were talking about it. We were like, where'd, where'd this go? <laughs> this was on everyone's mind. I haven't heard a thing. But uh, Watsi heard us and surprised us when we needed an episode topic. And they gave us one right in the in the 11th hour.
2: On Thursday, which will probably be either the day this releases or maybe the day before, I'm going to be releasing an 8 Mulch video. And in this video, I basically say, like, this deck is great. I can't ever possibly beat the Initiative. I just can't deal with White Bloom Adventure. It comes down too fast. I'm just going to try to ignore that problem. And guess what? I get absolutely rolled by Initiative when I face it in that league and just ranch everything else. Um, And so, like, decks like that that just, like, could not compete in any possible way against Initiative now have a lot of breathing room. And uh, I'm looking forward to some of the variety we're going to see in the format moving forward.
0: I think that was actually a big thing is you could build a deck that would be, I'm going to say okay enough against Delver that you could get by with having a slightly bad Delver matchup and then play your pet strategy against the field. The choke point was that the initiative was the other large player in the metagame stomping that those brews down to the point where you could only play five to ten decks and truly be competitive and i think that's not what you want out of the legacy format you want people to feel that they can have a greater option of decks even though their deck might not actually be as competitive as they might think uh and that hurts me to say as the epic storm player but you know what i'm trying to say here
2: i recently played a four color john deck list that did not include blue and my conclusion at the end of the video was this deck is really cool i really like what this deck is doing However, it's working so much harder than just cast expressive iteration, fetch Mystic Sanctuary, bring it back, do it again. And there's not really a reason to work that much harder when that exists in the format.
1: Yeah, we have the details of some of these topics in the body of the episode, but I played standstill at some serious events. I took it to Star City Con, I made Top 8 at their legacy event with that, and then I took it to... A local uh, duel for duels kind of thing. I took it to the legacy pit. And after playing those multiple important events with it, I was like, why am I working so hard to draw three cards when I could just put expressive iteration in my deck instead? And it just invalidated this entire wedge of what's otherwise a cool thing that could be existing in the format. And I, I feel like a lot of people f- feel that way. Like, Cards like uh, Standstill, Accumulated Knowledge, Predict, uh, whatever, uh, creature strategies like Death and Taxes, Nia Depths, uh, all of those things. It's When the question is firmly, why am I not just playing Delver or why am I not just casting White Bloom Adventure, uh, and you don't have a good reason other than I don't feel like it, it's, uh, it's not healthy. I want people to be able to explore.
0: Phil mentioned something that I was thinking about earlier today, which is Mystic Sanctuary I think actually loses quite a bit of value. It's still going to be incredibly good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it's bad. But now when you play Mystic Sanctuary, you're more likely looking at getting back Prismatic Ending, sometimes a Terminus. You know, cards that necessarily don't put you super far ahead. Brian mentioned Predict. I think that Predict is most likely the card value thing that will be going on top. Obviously, there's Ponder, which... You know, it's card parity, you get some selection, but I don't think you're going to be looking at anything like painful truths coming back off of Mystic Sanctuary. Or if you are, I mean, props, that's really sweet.
1: Okay, uh, we're starting to do some real detail here. Let's just jump into the first section, which is uh, our level one thoughts of what decks are impacted. And our first point, obviously Delver Delver pilots will start looking for other sources of card advantage or will choose to go lower to the ground. Predict is the heir apparent, having already seen play in the DRC bobble decks, uh, the Delverless Delver decks, the Inta Dichotomy Delver, whatever we want to call those various builds. Predict already showed up there. And that's what you were just saying, Bryant. It combos extremely well with cards Delver wants to play anyway, and it's real card advantage that's worth bringing back off of Mystic Sanctuary. It's not EI. Like, it's not literally my opponent is Hellbent with no creatures predict doesn't rip them out the way ei does but it is it is the most obvious replacement
0: I'd like to mention something a little bit specific here about predict and specifically the Delver shell. When we go back to 2018, there was a lot of discussion on do you play predict or do you play accumulated knowledge? And what ended up happening is the miracles cabal all switched to AK slowly. And the reason why is that predict is a bad top deck. When you play predict, you need cards like Bobble, Preordain, Ponder, Brainstorm to set it up to create that draw to. Otherwise it's just a random draw one, right? well, Delver specifically has Dragon's Rage Channeler from Modern Horizons 2, which just completely removes that. So I know that I've seen a lot of blue control players on Twitter excited to play their favorite card from Odyssey again. But the truth is, it's not even best in the control shells. It's still just better in Delver. Is there a more true legacy story than that?
1: Yep, that's absolutely true. And DRC just gives it to you for free. Bobble, you do a little work to set it up. Even Delver of Secrets looks at the top cards of your deck while it's in flip mode. Uh, There's a lot of deck manipulation, plus obviously Ponder Brainstorm set up your deck too. Uh, Predict is a bad top deck, but it's a very good payoff when you have anything at all going on.
2: Yeah, Predict's floor is so much lower than EI's floor though, which I think people are very willing to ignore when they are thinking about doing their deck building. Like, when you lead on Delver and you have a turn to predict, that's so much different than leading on Delver and having a turn to EI. Whereas that predict is just like a card that you realistically just can't. Ca- well, I guess that's a, that's a bad example. Cause like the Delver lets you look at the top card. Yeah. All right. Scrap, scrap that. But I, I, my general point is that the floor on predict is so much lower in the circumstances where things aren't going well for you.
1: I will counterpoint that a little bit by saying, having played a lot of predict miracles, when you blind predict, it feels better than top decking EI. When you're just end step predict myself named Flooded Strand and you hit, and then you just deadpan, like you just hit a a, a three-point shot from ten feet outside of the three point and you just see it go back on D and you don't even smile, you don't woo, nothing. Just deadpan that shit. That feels better than the perfect EI. And yeah. EI never gives you that.
2: And there is the other thing of predicting your opponent and naming their planes or swamp when they didn't bother to split their basics because they're stubborn and then they get fucking punished for it. Personal Those Tutor. Delicious.
1: Yeah, personal tutor is a card that's played in the format by a deck that is traditionally good against control. Uh, that that's good news for me. Predict seems like the the most obvious slot into Delver. Not necessarily the most obvious slot into control. And I just want to sidebar real quick here for a mini educational rant. I made some posts both on Twitter and on YouTube about the new bans and stuff. And I had multiple people respond. It's not just one Yahoo. There were like four or five different responses across the platforms. Like, who cares that EI was banned? It's just going to be replaced by Moment of Truth when March of the Machines comes out. Moment of Truth is a one and a blue instant. Look at your top three cards. Put one in your hand, one in your graveyard, one on the bottom. And I was like, what the hell are any of you talking about? Putting a card in your graveyard is not even close to putting a card in exile where you can cast it right now. It's insane. That is not a replacement for this card. This seems like almost strictly worse strategic planning. A card that's been around as long as Legacy has been around and never been played. Just settle down. The like new card hype. I, I understand this is not the the community at large. Like I made a, a similar tweet about complaining about Moment of Truth. And most of the responses were like, this card is not playable. And you're right. Like, I, I don't I don't know where this comes from, but the, the same people who are like, EI doesn't need to be banned are the people who think this card is equivalent to what EI did. It's just a, a fundamental misunderstanding of card advantage.
0: This card, Moment of Truth, that is, is also very similar to the card Telling Time from 10th edition. So if you're familiar with that card, instead of putting it Wait, to the graveyard- you mean from Ravnica City of Guilds? Yes, that. Sorry, in my mind, I see the the X symbol, so that's what I went to. I'm oh, sorry, god. Ryan. Oh god. Uh but it's very similar, except that card would go to the top instead of the graveyard. So, like, they're essentially the same thing. And when was the last time you ever saw anyone in any format playing Telling Time?
1: Never. And Strategic Planning had some like standard play when when we were digging for Approach of the Second Sun or whatever the hell was happening in that standard format. That it had a a heyday during a Vintage Control Slaver. But I've never seen it in a legacy deck. Uh, Never seen it in a modern deck. That card is better at doing what Moment of Truth does than Moment of Truth is. We're not doing that. So everyone can chill. AI was its own special monster. It cannot be compared to any other card at its mana value that's ever been printed. The most comparable card that it can be compared to was an 8 mana spell that's also banned. Dig through time.
0: All right. So I have a question for Brian specifically, because I think out of the three of us, Brian most likely has the most experience playing Blue Red Delver. And that is a lot of us are looking at the instant or sorcery that can possibly replace expressive iteration. And I can't help but think of the memes from Moneyball that you're not looking to place replace a card one for one. You're looking for things to replace it in the aggregate. Uh, You know what I mean? That famous scene from Moneyball or whatever. So I can't help but think maybe you don't need to replace it with uh, predict or uh, this awful, what is it called again? Moment of truth. What if instead you just do something different? Like, is it crazy to say, well, what if we just play more creatures? What if you go back and play the Ledger Shredder or Mercurial Spell Dance or even the Sky Whale? I saw some people f- discussing the Sky Whale on Twitter saying, well, like, well, it's another thing to pump your Merc Tides in the mirror. It does create card advantage. Psst, I think Sky Whale stinks. But hey, it does have synergy within your deck. Does it necessarily need to be a two mana card advantage spell?
1: Uh, not necessarily. I do think the creatures are a cool place to go. Um, third path iconoclast, ledger shredder, and Mercurial spell dancer, all play well with mistress bauble, and mistress bauble plays well with predict, and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we feed the the loop. I don't know if that's where the deck wants to go. Uh, but it certainly could. Maybe it just moves up the curve a little bit, and we're main decking uh, a maddening hex again, or court of cunning something like that some other sort of pivot banger maybe we go down the curve and we're a stifle deck again i don't know uh the the world is now open
2: so i think it's more that we're waiting for the next broken thing to get printed to be slotted into delver because if we don't know what it is immediately it probably doesn't exist right now delver has done this wonderful job of just taking the best two mana source of card advantage that it can find and like warping the rest of the deck around it I I think we will get experimentation with some of the above cards and probably some others that we haven't thought of immediately for the next you know two three four months until we get another busted card and then Delver will absorb that and start doing Delver things again
1: and Delver historically has things that fill this slot they just come in other colors so tricolor Del- delver Grixis, Rug, etc. We've even had Jeskai or just pure Azorius over the years. These cards are out there. Bryant mentions Painful Truths. That's a card that's been played in Delver before. It goes extremely well with Mystic Sanctuary. Uh, we could just go that direction. Delver was already kind of Grixis for Snuff Out off of a pair of Underground Seas. Uh, Knight's Whisper is legal in the format. Uh, if we assume that Delver is the, the pedal-to-the-metal attacking deck, it doesn't care about two life a lot of the time. Sucks in the mirror, but... It's still card advantage. Uh, if you want to get real weird, uh, we could play the two-mana creature that opens an attraction when it arrives. Just get that slow, steady card advantage over time. Incremental advantage off your attractions. And it, how, let's, get, let's get real crazy. How about Rug Delver that Neoforms into Atraxa? How about that? Uh, off of Hootie Mandrills, which is a card that Delver plays anyway. Uh, you could get as weird as you want. I just like that we're even allowed to talk about this and not being like you dumb idiot, you need four slots for EI, and you need cards that maximize EI exclusively, because that's what the deck is.
2: So I want to go back to older legacy metagames here. Right now, when we talk about Delver, we basically mean one deck, right? Blue-Red Delver, or if you want to consider it Grixis Delver because you're splashing exactly for snuff out, like that deck has existed more or less in the same form, changing a sideboard card or two as the weeks go on to adjust for other decks. And it used to be that when you talk about Delver, you are talking about different decks. There was Blue-Red, there was Grixis, there was Rug, all existing at the same time. And this ban is probably enough to actually, like, at least, like, bifurcate, at least split the Delver decks into people attacking from two different directions. Some people going big and more controlling with card advantage, and some people going lower to the ground, maybe even with main deck stifles again.
0: So it's worth noting, and I was thinking about this after the ban announcement, I couldn't help but think this is the first time that Delver hasn't had a broken card advantage spell since pre-War of the Spark. And if you remember pre-War of the Spark, people idealized that format so much they made a sub-format for it. And we're finally back at that spot. Like, obviously, Painful Truths is a fine card or whatever. Predict is a card that's been in the format forever and even saw play in Delver a decade ago. But there's nothing inherently broken here. And when that happens, Phil is right, you usually do see the Delver deck start to... You know, start to make decisions. So Phil didn't even mention Bug Delver or Team America, a terrible name. Don't call it that. But people used to love to play Hymnotorak in their Delver decks for whatever reason. You're going to find people that want to play him and Stifle in the same list even though they clash against each other with different philosophies because you want to tap mana for one and keep mana open for the other. But those are the sort of the cards that Delver players love to jam together. And now there's actual decisions to be made because there isn't a two mana dig through time in the format.
1: Yep, and while we're talking about getting weird in the delver shell Uh, i've played against bug delver with witherbloom apprentice and a couple chain of smogs witherbloom apprentice is a steady source of reach even when you're not comboing off just ponder drain you for one brainstorm drain you for one missions bobble drain you for one it's instant or sorcery isn't it maybe bobble doesn't do it but like you know what i mean it's like a two drop that your opponent's like oh shit this is a combo deck and then that changes their play pattern but in the meantime, it just attacks for two and drains them for one every time you do what the deck wants to naturally do anyway. But then if they ever don't respect that, you're a combo deck surprise. Like that sort of stuff is back on the menu and you couldn't play a green black spell in the same deck with EI.
0: Last night I was recording in Epic Storm League and I won game one, turn one on the play Sick Braggs. Game two, my opponent goes Tropical Island. And I'm like, okay. And on turn three, they hem me. And I'm like, that's weird in the Tropical Island deck, but okay. So, I'm like, I'm facing what I believe is, like, Team America. They play a Thoughtseize into Murktide on the following turn. I'm like, oh, it's definitely Team America. I'm like, that's weird. They're, my opponent's entire history is Doomsday. So, I'm losing to this Murktide region. And right before I die, they cast Doomsday. And I'm just like, this is what's allowed in Legacy now. Like, here, I just thought I was facing the Bug Delver Team America deck. And it, turns, it just turns out it's Doomsday the whole time.
2: Gotta gotta love the old juke. All right, so we're kind of talking about reevaluating existing cards and shells, and I want to reevaluate a recent spoiler. I want to reevaluate minor misstep in this new format. Previously, I was personally very lukewarm on this card because it misses ei, it misses White Bloom Adventurer, and guess what? Just left the format. A lot of the best cards that it misses. I am looking forward to seeing what this card does uh it it seems much better positioned to me personally
0: if you're someone who follows the legacy preliminaries the zoomer crew has been playing minor misstep in all of their delver builds for the last month or so and when the bands happen on Twitter. People are like, oh, you're finally going to see Minor Misstep. Doomsday won't be good. And I was, I said to myself, I was like, oh, that's weird. I've been seeing Minor Misstep this whole time. But it just turns out it was that entire click testing the card. And it seemed very good to me this whole time. So like Phil said, I think that it's actually a no-brainer now. If they were willing to play it in the format with Expressive and White Plume, why not play it when it's gone?
1: Yeah, I have found myself not fully uh, adjusted to Minor Misstep existing because... The deck that would most obviously play it, it didn't always have room for it, just uh, the zoomers were pushing it. A lot of my old uh, heuristics and muscle memory of like, I have an extra mana, they'd have to force a plow here, but then they just minor misstep it. Like, I'm I'm above Days, I'm below force, what are you going to do? Oh right, you're going to do that, crap. That card shows up big when it shows up, and I've put it in a few decks myself, and I was really impressed with it in a lot of spots. And we got the appropriate kind of power level balance of, I had games where I draw it in a mid game when we're past that, when two and three drops are now what the game is about. And I've also drawn it. uh, It was really good in a Phyrexian Dreadnought deck I played because every card that interacts with Phyrexian Dreadnought that you care about costs one. And that was really sick when I got to do it. Specifically carve out a niche where I care about swords and plowshares, I care about prismatic ending on one, etc. I care about pyroblast on my stifle. Uh, that sort of thing, and Misstep just clears all that. So I don't think we're going to see like four Misstep control decks with Snapcaster Mage come back, but it is a tool that is potent in the format. and We need to get used to it.
2: Yeah, Prismatic Ending players like if you have a bunch of extra mana, like maybe consider casting that Prismatic Ending for an extra mana to just make sure you're dodging a minor Misstep moving forward.
0: The old Engineer Explosives trick there. Yeah.
1: Yep. And, and in the Days decks, uh, it's just another thing where if I took a turn off my removal spell to play around Days, but that let you hold up mana, and now I need to put an extra mana into my Prismatic Ending to answer your one drop, that's another turn Days is online. Even if I wait till my third land to answer this thing, playing around everything is possible, like I've taken six. Maybe that's enough to get me into Bolt Range down the road. And it's just a, another way to keep Days relevant longer, which is something that Days decks really want to do.
2: So, Brian, since you're talking about control decks anyway, a, a lot of the control decks in Legacy were basically forced to run expressive iteration to keep up with what was going on in the format. Like, what are you going to be turning to as your sources of card advantage now? Like, are you going more Planeswalkers? Are you thinking about Snapcaster Mage again? More copies of Uro? Where's your head at?
1: If, if you know me at all... Uh, Sharks! You know
2: that, <laughs> yes, uh,
1: Shark still... Is a deck that I would, like I said earlier in the pod, I was genuinely showing up to serious tournaments with, even when EI was legal. Uh, I came to my senses, but I think that deck has a genuinely positive Delver matchup. Now the initiative's a little slower. You can never beat the initiative in your entire life with with a standstill deck, so forget about it. But now that that's slowed down a little bit, I, I think just like blue-white wall of removal with Pyroblast on the splash on the splash is is a winning formula against Delver, and you could sideboard for combo. And uh, like I do think that's in a good spot. But also, my other love in this world is Uro, Titan of Nature's Wrath, who is a card that is good against Delver, but sucks butt against the initiative. You can never beat the initiative in your life with an Uro deck. And just slow it down a little bit. Just give me room to cast my dress down on turn two, and and then we're okay. Let me clip your four drop while getting a cantrip, and then we can move on with our lives. That's where I want to be. And I think both Uro and Shark Typhoon both just went up in stock.
2: All right. So let's move on to talking about the initiative deck or really the initiative decks now, because basically Mono White Initiative was easily considered the best and most consistent version of the deck that existed in Legacy. And now if you want to play Mono White, you're forced to either play extra hate bearers or you're forced to bring Chalice of the Void back to the main deck if you aren't already doing that. And you lose your best turn one play of White Plume Adventurer. That deck is going to be very noticeably worse. It will still be a perfectly fine and playable legacy deck list. So if you invested in all those cards, like, you don't have to freak out. Like, you will still have a playable legacy deck. But you're just not the top dog. And you're probably not close to the top dog anymore.
1: Yeah, it's a tough beat for anyone who invested in Chrome Moxes. And now they need Mox Diamonds. That's that's a big pivot.
2: I actually think that
0: the initiative deck and what we used to call like Chalice and Taxes, because that's really what it was. Sometimes if you played a lot of vintage, you would call it White Eldrazi because you would sometimes see the Eldrazi package in there. Those decks pre the initiative. Sorry, Phil, I know that you love them. I don't think we're ever truly competitive. The Soldier Stompy type decks. And I think that now what happens is if you're a diehard monoid initiative person, You're essentially playing a glorified Chalice and and Taxes deck. That said, there are more initiative cards coming to Magic Online that could change things. You might be able to do like an Orzava initiative deck that ends up being pretty good because there are some black cards with the, the initiative that haven't hit yet. But as of right now, I'm not sure if like the Boros initiative decks are going to be enough. Like, yeah, having eight is cool, but they're both four mana now. And now you're pulling into Delver's wheelhouse of opening yourself up to wasteland. You know what I mean? Like it's just not going to be as consistent.
2: All right. First of all, you're just assuming that there's only eight, which I think is just incorrect. Um, I think if you're playing red, white initiative, you should also be looking to max out on your initiative creatures. Um, I recently got a 5-0 with a red-white Winnota initiative deck list uh, that was actually playing 10 initiative creatures, and I dipped into Blood Boil Sorcerer, which is another 4-mana red one. Uh, it, it's like an unimpressive body. It's a 3-3 for 4-mana, which is not really where you want to be, and it has an ability that's basically glorified flavor text, uh, but it was like exactly what I needed. It was another human to hit off of Winnota, And that deck ended up being very good because I could either just turbo out an initiative creature and ride it to victory or I could play a Legion War boss or Goblin Rabble Master and then get a turn to Goldfish kill with Winota as my follow up play.
1: Yeah, I I think that that's the important thing. Like we have all these three drops, like the various Rabble Goblins and Elite Spellbinder and Anointed Peacekeeper and all these cards that have floated in and out of the white stompy list and have become staples in the red stompy list. You don't need to get the initiative on turn one to present a game plan. You need to put your opponent under pressure on turn one, and then the initiative can show up on turn two or three. And as as a control player, I'm way more scared of the Goblin Rabble Master than I am of the Trinisphere or the Blood Moon or the chalice, or whatever the heck. Like, If my life total's not going down, I'll figure this out. But if I have to dedicate my Force of Will, my sword of pleasures to that go- first goblin, or that first elite spellbinder, then the initiative creature just becomes more likely. And initiative a turn later is better for everyone except the initiative player. But it's still, once you're in, it's potent. And we're going to see those same play patterns just a turn later.
2: Yeah, my build was playing 24... 24- cards that could solo the game on their own which is just absolutely horrifying it it was no no hate bears, no stacks pieces other than chalice of the void just 24 creatures that could kill you on their own plus simian spirit guides rounding it out
1: yep i hate that yeah
2: so my recommendation is that if you are exploring red white initiative decks consider your base as red rather than white I think the red base with Seasoned Dungeoneer is much stronger than the white base with Caves of Chaos Adventurer. And if you are looking to be in the other colors, uh, Naya Initiative with Mana Dorks has some paper results already that you can look into. You can shove Minsk and Boo into that deck list if you would like. Uh, Mawlock is something that you can look at from the Warhammer 40k decks. Uh, Are we getting those on Magic Online tomorrow? I saw some of the frames online today, but I don't know if that means anything yet. You know more
1: about this than I do. I just show up, and if my cards are there, I play them. I don't know.
2: How
0: about they ever add in the Infinity stuff? I'd love to test Paradise Lost or Guacamole Goblin. I
1: mean, we've been told that's happening, right?
2: Yeah, it it is quarter two, which I guess we're in now.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, we were told in December that the rest of the initiative cards would come in February and it's mid or early March I guess not quite mid-March yet and we're getting them so close enough I'm happy with the progress I don't want to divert into different legacy formats in paper and online because obviously that's a problem a card I'm excited about that wasn't on Magic Island before is Undermountain Adventurer this is a three and a... 3 and a green, 3-4 Vigilance. On ATB, you take the initiative, tap for a green green, and if you've completed a dungeon, get 6 green instead. This thing is a hammer. 3-4 Vig is pretty big in Legacy. Green is a color of ramp, and it gives you the initiative. It ramps you more. And what I think is most interesting about it is it's a green sun zenith target because it's a green card. And blue initiative, or uh, blue, blue zenith decks, they're really good at stuffing up the board, random creatures here or there but they're not always great with getting something into the red zone successfully and taking the initiative but if you can just zenith for that take it the the old-fashioned way and then protect it that's a game plan that i think will give those those blue soup decks another angle
2: also i'm just saying You can put it in an Ancient Tomb deck, too. My literal first video I'm going to record once I have access to that card is just essentially a 2023 version of Sylvan Plug, where I just do the green stompy thing with four of those four Shifting Ceratops. uh, I think three of the new Thrun. That card is a menace, by the way. I don't know if you have had the uh, pleasure of playing against it. Three colorless, two green, for a 5-5 Legendary Troll Shaman. Can't be countered. Trample can't be the target of non-green spells as long as it's your turn it's also indestructible
0: i had an oops all spells opponent board that in against me because it allows them to play around silence or orange chant in the matchup they're just like fine if you're going to hold open those cards i'll board and thrun
2: fair enough (laughs) yeah it was wild absolutely gross
0: you mentioned minsk Boot boo in the initiative something that i saw come up on twitter is is there a world where minsk Boot boo slots into rug delver is your top end card advantage engine and i thought that was actually kind of interesting
1: yes literally yes people are already doing that i've getting smurdered by Minskin Boo out of Rug Delver multiple times. At the time, I think the lists were closer to like air quotes Grixis Delver with snuff outs off a couple underground seas. This was just Is it Delver with a trop or two for Minskin Boo out of the board? But I had a league where I was playing against Is It Delver. And then they fetched a trop on turn four. I answered a Minskin Boo. I was like, well, that was close. Then they had another Minskin Boo. I waited through that. And then they had a third Minskin Boo and I died to the third one. And it's like, Delver, who did this? What sick mind thought of this? An emphatic yes to the hypothetical question that is not hypothetical because it's already going on.
0: I think you're just fortunate in that scenario that they didn't drop a Murktide on you.
1: No, because I, I play decks with removal, but removal doesn't beat Minskin Boo. I could beat a Murktide.
2: Have you read Source of Blowshares?
1: It doesn't work against hamsters. But it does work against dragons.
0: To answer your question, no, it doesn't go into combo decks.
1: Oh, weird.
2: As a side note, if you're in uh, white right now, please consider running copies of Caracas. I think that card is going to be relatively good moving forward. I think that's a safe bet. Let's take a moment to thank one of our sponsors, Eminence Games, here. Do you like vintage? Do you like Philadelphia or live near it? How would you like to play a proxy-friendly vintage 1K at Punt City 2 on Sunday, March 26th? Visit eminence.events for details about this event, as well as info on their proxy policy. This event is capped at 64 players, and many eminence events have sold out, so register now if you're interested. Moving into the next section of the cast here, we want to think about what decks are going to be gaining from these bannings. Uh, And honestly, the low hanging fruit here answer is like, it's most of them. A huge portion of the previous format was oppressed, repressed, however you want to say that, by delver initiative or both of them and this is going to free up a lot of brewing and design space but we're going to try to be a little more specific than that here so the
1: first bullet point we've already touched on a little bit i think one of the decks that secretly gains a lot is the initiative because now white plume adventure is banned the initiative's gone but stompy decks have been a part of this format since chalice of the void was printed and Ancient Tomb's still legal, Spirit Guides are still legal, all these cards are still out there, Chrome Mox, and now it doesn't have a big target on top of its head. I don't think that these new initiative decks will be any worse, or hopefully not any better, than Red Stomp or 8-cast, and now we're going to find out, without the target on its head, what the slightly slower initiative deck looks
0: like. A deck that I think is going to be a major player in the metagame is Doomsday. When we look at how decks were trying to fight the initiative, you saw a lot of things like Stifle, Dress Down, Torpor Orb. Those are going to go down in numbers. I'm not saying people are going to cut them entirely. The first couple weeks, people are going to play Stifle, and then they'll go back to their caves because they don't like losing. But Dress Down probably isn't going anywhere. But maybe in decks like Sharks still, Brian can correct me here, but maybe you go from playing two in the main deck to two in the sideboard. There's going to be some decisions that have to be made for card slots, and I think Doomsday is going to be... Uh, a deck that benefits from that something that i've read is well pyroblast will come back to the main deck what delver was just hit and now you don't have to counter spell expressive iteration or lose the game and i don't think you're going to see three deck pyroblast again like we did prior to the initiative i think we're going to go back to a healthier metagame where you might see one or even zero in the main deck and that benefits doomsday as well so this is a deck where the top pilots are really going to shine in this metagame. And the average Doomsday pilot is going to go from being unfavored to favored against the field.
2: Okay, so Bryant, I totally agree with you. But I've seen some rumblings on Twitter from some of the Doomsday pilots, and they're they're not so sure if they actually benefit from these bannings. Uh, I'm sure you're part of some of these combo conversations. You know, what's the other side of the argument here?
0: Well... The other side of the argument is that they were already favored versus these decks and now those decks have been weakened so other decks, other brews in the format will come to power. But I think sometimes people fly a little too close to the sun and they need to take a step back and just reevaluate things. Some of these Doomsday players are the top 1% of their field. Like they're literally the best of the best and while they may have had a slightly positive Delver matchup. It's going to be significantly better now. And the players that weren't as good as them can actually beat Delver now. So you don't have to be the best of the best to be okay. You can just be an average player and still find that maybe you can win some games. And I think that's a big thing here. But a more open field isn't a bad thing. And I think that's something that's coming up in these conversations. They're like, well, now I have to prepare to beat the random bad decks. Yeah, that's sweet. That's what makes Legacy Legacy. First of
2: all, yeah, you-
1: one of the secrets uh, that's not really a secret is that Great players love a solved, unhealthy metagame. Not to necessarily call myself a great player, but I loved Oko v Oko Combat. Uh, I think Oko made for really interesting board states, especially Oko Mirrors, and the better player frequently broke out of the Oko Oko Mirror ahead. Random nonsense and bad players were not favored against Oko. Uh, A solved, unhealthy metagame where there's only two real decks, if you have something that can beat those two real decks and then just dodge whatever nonsense in round one and two you get to coast to the finals the exploitable metagame versus the healthy metagame is always a kind of a balance of uh, sure you can win more tournaments if it's if the metagame sucks but you won't have any opponents after a while because everyone hates it
2: so i know brian and i both recently recorded with phyrexian dreadnought decks and a lot of times those decks can main deck cards like Stifle or Torpor Orb that happen to be really good against the initiative deck. Well, guess what? The initiative meta shares is, is probably going to go down quite a bit. And now those decks are losing out on like, oh, I free roll got this win because I played Ancient Tomb Torpor Orb on turn one.
1: Right. And there's this really cool healthy metagame thing that happens because i've actually had a lot of success lately with dreadnought decks because the things that enable dreadnought disable initiative but those things that disable initiative also disable doomsday so if the meta kind of drifts away for a while these dreadnought decks won't line up as combo both hate and like proactive and reactive cards they'll they'll just be like kind of a awkward creature deck but if doomsday slides back up to the top everything that gets a Dreadnought into play also stops an Oracle from functioning. So the Dreadnought Stifle decks are just hilariously favored against Doomsday and in the same way they were against Initiative. So uh, we kind of got this. uh, If Dreadnought is on your mind in the metagame, give it a couple weeks. It'll be good again.
0: To transition into the next deck. And I'll just say what it is. We all believe that Death and Taxes is going to gain quite a bit out of this banning. Well, Torpor Orb is also good against Death and Taxes, which I think makes it a really good cyborg card in this metagame. I just think that overall you're going to see less Torpor Orbs because people are going to want to use those slots for other things. But d coming back is another deck that's affected by Torpor Orb. It shuts off Stoneforge Mystic, Flicker Wisp, uh, if they decide to play any of the initiative creatures. And I'm sure Phil can name 27 other Death and Taxes
2: creatures for you. Look, tor- Torpor Orb just hits everything that I love. Just, full, we can full stop there. Um, I have started to see deck lists trickle out that have been testing Ephemerate in DNT, uh, which is interesting to me. I haven't played with that personally in that shell. Um, but, like, if you start seeing fewer Torpor Orbs, Ephemerate, like, maybe looks better and better as, you know, another blink effect. Especially with Solitude. Oh, yeah. Like, the, the whole scam strategy of Junk and Elemental and Flicker it or Undying Malice, Undying Evil it, whatever, like, that that is proven to work in multiple formats. Like, Solitude plus bonus mana Solitude, keep the body around, like, it's cool. I just don't know how awkward it is alongside some of the other cards that you might end up playing in the 75, you know, your, your Canonists, your Thalias, that sort of stuff. I I I don't have the reps to evaluate it properly.
0: Which community do you think was the happiest on Twitter about these this ban announcement? Probably Merit Lage players. For sure, they were throwing a party on Twitter.
2: Yeah, uh I I already said this earlier in the cast, but like I I tried multiple times trying to help people like fix their lands or eight mulch matchup and I, you know I and I just couldn't like I I had people testing shameful cards uh unchained berserkers torpor orbs with extra ancient tombs it just wasn't happening and so like merit lodge players like rejoice your time has come you're allowed to play legacy again you don't have to just play the initiative
1: uh yeah i had an experience uh yesterday when this ban was announced it was announced around what 9 or 10 a.m eastern time and we were told it would go into effect at 3 30 eastern time on magic online and the deck i was supposed to record was painter servant lands and it was from one of my patreon members who is a diehard lands player always has a great list in whatever metagame we're supposed to have and i messaged her and was basically like hey ding dong the witch is dead any changes to your deck before uh now that the initiative's gone and she was like basically like could you actually record it right now in the three hours before those cards are gone because this is deck was built specifically for the initiative meta, like shoving painter combo into lands gives you an eject button and the sideboard had four steely resolves to protect your merit Lage. Uh, It was specifically teched to make lands playable in the initiative meta game. And she's like, I'm going to have to rebuild the deck if you don't play it before those cards are gone. And I was like, all right, in we go. So the last thing I did was a, specifically crazy weird brew of lands that's how deep the lands community was going uh heavy on weird obsolete sideboard cards and freaking painter servant
2: so if you're the sort of person who enjoys other like mid-rangey sort of decks that like maybe include a merit lodge finish uh, maybe maybe something like maverick or a, a naya depths deck or something like that I think a lot of those decks had a lot of pressure on them from the initiative decks just due to its like raw speed and consistency. I'm I'm not going to tell you that Maverick's coming back because like as much as it saddens to say, like I, I, I don't think that deck is going to have its moment in the sun unless we get some really broken green creature that can't be slotted into a blue deck for some reason. It is what it is.
0: Shoutouts to Dukes on Twitch, one of my favorite legacy community members. I love you, but your deck uh it's not being good in 2011.
1: Burn. Oh, okay, uh, I will yeah. be really disappointed when that news makes it to Australia. <laughs> the community needs heroes. Uh, I think a winner here as we talk about mid-range green decks is Newton Elves. That deck was already built to deconstruct Delver and to kind of go over the top of the initiative with the combo half. And now it just has less to worry about from both of those decks. Elves has been. I I always want to say words like a secret sleeper, but it's not a secret. I am opening up the Goldfish metagame right now, and Elves is deck number four, and above it is Painter as deck number three. And I on this cast, we all the time were like, yeah, Painter, sleeper hit. But Painter is like the second best deck. Um, our second most represented deck. Though, looking at the metagame right now, it does seem that uh, Delver and Initiative have just been removed from the list and need to be rebuilt. However they're sorting this probably isn't a complete picture right now. It never is, but uh, yeah, Painter and Elves are always near
2: the top, and Elves has two good ones. So I'm excited to see how that deck adapts because like the newton elves reclaimer elves cradle control whatever you want to call it has done a fantastic job of keeping up even in the world of initiative like playing a a couple extra bayous to be able to snuff out consistently Uh, like that deck has constantly impressed me in playing against it so i'm excited to see how that deck warps and what shameful card that we've never seen see play in Legacy will now all of a sudden become really good somehow. Uh, on the note of other winners, though, um, I, I think control decks get a big boon here. Like, if you're playing a control deck, you can probably one-for-one one and keep up with Delver now. Like, previously that was harder because of the EI, Expressive, Iter- sorry, Previously, that was harder because of the expressive iteration Mystic Sanctuary days cycle that kind of just kept the cards flowing and flowing and flowing and flowing. And the control decks also had to try to keep up with White Plume Adventurer and the initiative very consistently. And now it has that breathing room that we talked about earlier, where you get that extra turn to actually cast your Uro.
1: Right, yeah, th- this is where I want to be. There... Before the initiative, I could solve for a top percentage of the metagame and a larger percent of the winner metagame by just like four plow four prismatic ending one or two supreme verdict one or two terminus backed by you know, some way to actually win the game but delver is rarely getting through that wall a pretty consistent game one wins if you really want to beat them and then you just have to think about battening hex court of cunning this weird stuff out of the sideboard and that that plan just got easier. Uh, when they find the EI first and start pulling ahead when you've both won for one. But now they don't have that engine, and that's just a huge relief for me because whoever cracks out of that top deck war first is usually going to win it. Uro piles are always favored in that top deck war because your Uro is just waiting for you to get there, but uh, Jeskai and Azoria's base, Grixis, uh, the non-Uro control decks are are very happy right now.
2: All right, so we spent a whole lot of time kind of planning out, like, the things that we thought were going to improve, and now we're going to go into kind of freeform form BSing at the end of the cast here. What about the losers? Like, what, as a result of these bans, is going to be worse, just kind of due to, you know, oh, I happen to be an EI deck, and I lost this card because, you know, the broken blue decks were playing it at the top of the metagame or you know is there some deck with white plume adventurer as an ancillary thing that is now in like that has now lost stock or anything that as a result of meta shifting we expect to be worse what are, what are your thoughts
1: uh phil i know you had a bad time when you tried it but i played three leagues with it for my channel and initiative stasis is now unplayable and i had an absolute blast Tuning that deck over the the month and a half that I had it in my hands. And unfortunately, I had something come up in real life, but there was a paper legacy event for a Tundra. I was going to actually sleeve that up in paper. I believed in it so much. And that's just dead. Uh, Never coming back. Uh, Once once your initiative spell costs four, that's just not a thing anymore.
0: There's two decks. And White Plume
1: was the one that said untap on it.
0: There's two decks that really came to power during this era, in my opinion, and that's Red Painter and Cephalid Breakfast. You could also argue the 8-cast Painter deck as well, but those decks really preyed on the initiative and had decent Delver matchups. I don't think that those decks are bad now. I would like to state that they're going to be fine choices, but I don't think they're going to be the metagame powerhouses that they were under these conditions.
1: Yeah, this thing happened over the past four or five months where... Yorian Breakfast was popular for a while. And then the whole time Yorian Breakfast was popular, people were saying, what if we condense this into 60 cards? And then people did. And I think my win rate against that deck is like 5% on, on my channel. Is Any deck I'm playing, I'm going to lose to Breakfast every single time because it's just a well-rounded murder machine tucked into an Azorius Tempo Stoneforge deck. It, it's That's just a really good deck.
2: And the scary part there is like half the time they don't even have a real Stoneforge Mystic package, but you never know whether or not you just have to fear a fucking Cauldra coming and just four turning you after you spend all the time trying to deal with the dedicated combo.
1: Yeah, that turn two Stoneforge Mystic, when it, you have like uh, Pyroblast in hand, it, it's like do I let them get Chuko and clear the Illusionist or am I about to die to Cauldra? And do I have to force of will this now? And it's just, uh, I hate it so much. And Teferi Time Raveler is really the thing that ruins my life. I, I'm sitting there with a grip full of removal. I'm ready for Stoneforge, ready for Illusionist. I don't care what you got. And JK, Teferi
2: Time Raveler, and you're dead. Great deck. So I, I think, going back to Painter for a second, in this last week or so, I believe I recorded two different decks that had a sideboard Emrakul the Aeons Torn in respect of Painter, just because I was expecting that deck to be so popular because it was preying on initiative. And now, this week, I don't think I would probably want to put an Emrakul in my sideboard anymore because I feel like those slots are going to be more pressing for other things given an expanded metagame.
1: Another generic... Loser is Jeskai and Grix's control decks because they were playing EI. They were not as busted about it as the Is a Delver was, but those were EI decks that frequently also had Mystic Sanctuary. They were doing the thing too, and they have to default to the clunky stuff like Accumulated Knowledge or Predict or more Planeswalkers. Narset was a card that I've cut from all my decks in the last three four months, and she might be back on the menu. I haven't really been putting Teferi in my control decks either. He might be back. So that, that is a spot to fill for the folks who are using it a little more, honestly.
0: I know that a lot of people are excited to play Triumph of St. Catherine on Magic Online. And most people that were brewing lists, that I, at least that I know, were all building Jeskai builds for Pyroblast and Expressive Iteration. Now they have to find a card advantage way to play that predict makes sense if you're trying to stack your deck for a triumph but who knows if that ends up being a clashing synergy because you're like oh well i need to put triumph on top but i also have predict i get one or the other i'm not sure
2: i mean i just want to be playing bant control if i'm in control like just give me uro silvan library like that has plenty of tournament chops at this point like let me just keep doing that give me a five, yeah, five life link or two yeah,
1: Sylvan Library is a card that I genuinely don't like in my control decks. Uh, it, I just think it's a bad top deck and it gets punished by anyone who's reducing your life total and it gets it dies to Prismatic Ending on Curve in Control Mirrors, but it's undeniable when it sticks on time and just slotting two Sylvan Libraries into the two or three EI slots with some other card, uh, I don't know, Dress Down, two Sylvan Library and Dress Down into your three EI slots from, from Bant Soup. You even get to cut a color if you don't need Pyroblast or or play it on a lighter splash now that you don't need to support main deck red draw engine. that That's an easy way to go. And I think Bant with both Uro and Dress Down; those cards are, are both good still.
2: All right. So cards on the table. We've got a new format. Yeah, you know, if you had a 20K this weekend, what are you showing up with?
1: I would probably make a real shot at Shark Still, try to make that happen. That's just in my wheelhouse, and I have lists that I liked, except for the existence of Expressive Iteration. And now that it's gone, that list is back. Uh, No Urza Saga. I like actual Counterspell as a one or two of, and that's where I would start with a Jeskai Splash, a base blue-white with red on the Splash.
0: I would obviously bring the Epic Storm, but I'm looking to cut Slaughter Pact now. I'm going to try to disrespect the Ancient Tomb prison decks, like the new initiative deck. I'm going to look to just dodge the Archon instead of looking to answer it with Slaughter Pact. I'm still interested in the White Splash. Something that I found throughout this whole time period is that Prismatic Ending plus Thoughtseize covers the entire format spread out of the sideboard of the Epic Storm. So I don't see myself going back to green for Abrupt Decay or Veil of Summer. That's what I'm trying at right now. Who knows if it sticks, but my first league was pretty successful.
2: All right, and I would be showing up with red-white initiative. When I have a new format, I just want people dead as quickly as possible when they're fucking around with their new tech and playing their unpolished deck lists. Like, I just want the deck that Goldfish is on turn two if you don't interact with me. That's
1: fair. Notice that none of us said we would play Stifle. Which is something that any time a format shifts, people play Stifle for a week and a half. Then they remember why they don't play Stifle.
0: Card is unplayable.
1: skip, Skip that step. Don't Stifle.